Hi everyone, so I'd like to introduce David Clive Price, who'll be speaking on the show today. He's a mental well-being mentor, he's a CEO and life coach, he's the author of The Hidden Demons Method, he's a keynote speaker, and he's an inspirational podcast guest. And that's just the tagline on his LinkedIn profile. And I was very impressed actually to find he'd written many books i think about 10 books on uh, on amazon so it's a very prolific author and uh, you know some people just do a lot of extracts from um their talks and call them books but he actually you know wrote them the old-fashioned way with a word processor so very impressive and so in the first half of the show he talks a lot about his um business experience in asia about um what he learned about dealing with other cultures and so on and in the second half he talks about his own personal journey and the struggles he had first of all uh, the difficulties he had coming out as gay in the late 60s and early 70s and also his alcoholism and depression and his struggles with that and how he uh how he managed to 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 go through that uh, to, to the other side, so and also to uh, how he now helps others who are going through similar, uh, well, well, any problem really with the sort of hidden demons. So it's a very sort of personal uh, interview, and uh, I hope you find it very interesting. Uh, to start off, to introduce myself, um, I'm David Clive Price, um, a global leadership and life coach. Um, and I help entrepreneurs and professionals overcome mental health challenges such as fear, anxiety, and addiction so that they can face their hidden demons and create a more abundant life and business. So that's the title of my new book, Hidden Demons. Okay. So I was born in South London to Welsh parents. I graduated from Cambridge. Uh, with a PhD in Renaissance history. Okay. Uh, and then I won a British Academy Fellowship to, to study and lecture uh, at Bologna University. And I wrote my first books there uh, when living as a farmer, translator, academic in uh, the Tuscan countryside. So a fairly mixed start to life, um, kind of academic, uh, definitely interested in history and then definitely interested in Italy and other cultures. So my first partner came from Switzerland. Okay. So uh, uh, I spent quite a lot of time in, in Europe and, and in Switzerland in particular uh, for about six years. Uh, I then moved to Japan um, and spent a year there writing my first, my first travel book about Japan. Um, and I went on to st uh, study Asian, different Asian cultures and write a few books about them. So was that in Tokyo? Uh, yeah, I started off in Tokyo. Uh, I lived there for a year. Okay. I found uh, Japan quite difficult, actually. Well, um, why did you find it difficult? Uh, because... Uh, <clears throat> well, in Italy, I've been able to speak the language properly and, right. uh, you know, was working in a daily life together with other, like, country people, farmers, uh, and, mm. uh, you know, the, the people at the market and all this kind of thing. So you're kind of integrated into daily life and you, you learn language kind of on the go. 
where in Japan, it was like, you know, I had my set phrases. Um, I tried to improve them. I tried to improve my Japanese, but it was difficult because you, there's a whole set of honorifics, they're called, the ways to yes. address people of different generations. And, I, I used to and work ages. for Japanese, uh, I used to work for Japanese company. I used to oh, work there you Canon. go. Uh, Canon headquarters, okay. European headquarters in Amsterdam. Oh, but cool. uh, they did fly, uh, they did fly us out once to Japan uh, oh. for a meeting. But it was yes, it's. I mean, the language is uh, is extremely difficult. You can tell that by the fact that they tend to speak English not very well <laughs> compared to uh, Europeans. Yeah, and it's sometimes difficult to get through the different uh, kind of politenesses, if you like. Japanese extremely polite. Yes, because uh, I worked there for two years, right. <laughs> and they never called me by my first name. They never called me Keith. There was yeah, you were with Sam, Greek Sam. Yeah, right. I find it like a kind of stiff. And on the other hand, I just love Japanese culture and um, the temples. I was interested in Buddhism and yeah. uh, all those kind of things really got me. But I got kind of lonely there. Um, and then friends suggested I move to uh, Hong Kong, which is much more international. They said. Sure. Yeah, um, I was a bit wary because it's like a, a colonial. It was a colonial possession at that time, so I thought, oh, this isn't really ex exploring other countries and cultures. This is going back into being Brit British again. But I persevered, and I met somebody at the airport who I then hitched up with for the next thirty-four years. Wow! Um, and still together with uh, Hong Kong Chinese. And so wow. I entered to kind of I lived together with a Hong Kong family. In uh, first of all, in a public housing estate, and then finally we started to get organised, and eventually, <clears throat> because of my writing background, my PhD, etc., I got a position, uh, offered a position at uh, HSBC um, as the chief speechwriter for the handover of Hong Kong to China. Oh, okay. So, so I that spent, was was that twenty years ago? Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. So nineteen ninety three to ninety eight, I was at uh, HSBC okay, in Hong Kong. Yeah. So that was a very interesting time. I remember the the handover. Chris Patton was uh, in charge, yeah. wasn't he? I remember his speech. Yeah, that's right. And it rained a lot. Right. Um, <laughs> and I remember the Royal Yacht Britannia coming into the <laughs> to the harbour. That was all very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, my taxi was kind of driving alongside it as it came in. So yeah. We're kind of living in in the middle of uh, of interesting times there, mm. um, and, but um, you know, corporate life didn't suit me entirely. Uh, mm. And after I'd done my big stint, I uh, set up my own company, FHSBC, yeah. and set up kind of advising different Asian multinationals to start with CEOs, advising, uh, and doing strategic kind of communications, that kind of thing, um, and slowly uh, developed my coaching practice, first of all, advising senior executives and then coaching uh, and set up uh, an extension of my Hong Kong company then in London, uh, which is now the basis of my uh, own global coaching, DCP okay. global coaching. Um, yeah. And I wrote uh, two le business leadership books more uh, in 2017, 18, one called Bamboo Stroll, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, Cultural Intelligence Secrets to Succeed in the New Global Economy. Um, and it's all about uh, developing cultural intelligence for working together with people of many different backgrounds and differences and 
Uh, I'll just pull it up as you're speaking. I did. I'll, I'll, I'll just pull it up on the screen. Uh, oh, cool. So, yes. uh, or I know some people might be listening to this as a podcast, but some might be watching it on uh, YouTube or Facebook. So, um, okay. <clears throat> so this is called Bamboo Strong. You're talking about cultural intelligence secrets to succeed in the new global economy. Yeah, you got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what's this, so, so, if you were to summarise in like a few sentences, what, what, what's this book about? Well, it says it's, it's a, book, a book about uh, not about leadership theory or anything like that. It's about um, leadership in action, working together with people of many different, of many differences, um, mm. and different backgrounds, generations, uh, yeah. ethnicities, uh, creeds, etc. Um, across all kinds of boundaries, uh, which are necessary uh, to 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 cross and to to thrive in and excel in in this very uh, globalized world. And of course, ba bamboo in. is associated with China, or I associated with China. And of course, you had a long time in in Hong Kong. So yeah. I imagine that uh, a lot of it refers to your experience or... Yeah, and I love the bamboo, I love the bamboo groves in Japan as well, and right. in other, other parts of Asia. But the big thing about bamboo is the fastest growing plant on earth, okay. uh, grass on earth, and at the same time, it's incredibly flexible, both fast growing, strong, and incredibly mm. flexible, which yeah. is the kind of qualities in leaders that I try to, um, to bring, bring out in this book. Um, which is again about my travels around the world. It's so, is it, of, is it particularly um, directed towards people who are sort of doing business with China? Would you say, or not? Spe not specifically with China. I have another book called The Master Key to China, which is about that. Okay. Um, but uh, no, specifically, this is more like a global, global cultural intelligence for dealing with people of many different backgrounds. I've just have I've just gone to your I've just gone to your author page. You've done a, a lot of books. Oh, yes, <laughs> Chinese right. rules, Phoenix Rising, A Journey Through South Korea, uh, The Scent of India, Alphabet City. Which, which what's the Alphabet City? Yeah, that was my first novel set in oh, New York. Oh, it's a novel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which wow. came out. And then there's the master key to Asia. Master you can key to six-step guide there. to unlocking new markets. Wow! And uh, so to write the, did you literally just sort of sit down with a word processor and just <laughs> type away and and type them that way, or were they, or were they extracts from speeches, uh, transcriptions from there? Definitely not extracts from speeches. No, you wrote you wrote uh, all the old. Yeah, I was using up my whole material. Okay. Um, no, they're, they're large, all of them really in one way or another are narratives. So I write from personal experience. Okay, uh, so they're story, they're the story of your own. And I create a framework as I'm going. I mean, yes. one of the frameworks I already had given to me for Bamboo Strong, that is a scholarly research framework uh, from the Institute of Cultural Intelligence in the, in the States. Um, so that's called the CQ model. But uh, the others I've developed my own models for, for Master Key to Asia and China, etc. Yeah. And the age of, age of pluralism, their global intelligence for emerging leaders, that's um, a synthesis of three frameworks, Bamboo Strong, uh, Intelligent Leadership uh, Coaching Program, which is pretty worldwide known, uh, and something called Global DISC, which is uh, an assessment for and uh, behavioral um, 
method for i've heard of uh, disc yes because yes, i interviewed someone yeah. the other week who was skilled in uh, the disc yeah right well this is this is the global version of it then okay yes i know there's different versions of it yeah right. so wow you have written a lot of books yeah some of them out of print now as you can see but uh, okay. i think there's about 15. wow so i like writing books that's one thing i definitely so the, the out-of-print ones, you could easily just republish, couldn't you? On a print-on-demand basis. Oh, that's true, yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got around to it, but it's true. Around, yeah, yeah. The, especially the, the one on the Forbidden City in Beijing, for example, that could be republished. Oh, that's there. Beijing, is it? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. travels in Japan. That's my early experience. I like the idea of weaving in, um, you know, story with when it talk about that it just makes it more engaging i suppose and makes it easier to link all the parts together yes and i don't think i'd be able to write them from a kind of scientific or what should we say uh academic uh, speak kind of or corporate speak or um i i'm not I, my mind doesn't work like that um yes therefore i i need the personal the personal entree the the way in um, through, okay. through personal experience um, and of course these are all a bit explorer books too so there's part of me that's, that likes being an explorer where I like different languages yeah I love I love different cultures so and that's what I try to teach in Bamboo Strong etc is uh, this curiosity and this uh, readiness to explore and to have more than one viewpoint in mind at the same time which in these days of political tribalism uh, or tribalism of different sorts is is quite tough, but it's very necessary. Um, even yes, because we, we tend to get blinkered, don't we, in our own ideas, and we don't yeah. listen to anything else. And I know that, um, well, when I was 20, well, when I was 24, I was actually, as soon as I qualified as an accountant, the first thing I did was to pack in my job, and I went travelling around India, backpacking. Great. And I found that uh, really... Um, well mind opening experience just to see how other people lived Absolutely. and uh, yeah and also to see how happy they were really compared with how we were even though they sort of had yeah nothing. very good point yeah That's, i discovered very much in asia um and living together with people that with the most simple means like i was in in a hut on the river Irrawaddy in in burma or yeah you know, um, on a housing estate in, in Kowloon or, or wherever it was, um, just living very simply often, um, which reminds me now, these, these recent times have reminded me, you know, of living with self-sufficiency. Yes. As I also did on the farm in Italy. Right. In the early 70s, <laughs> um, you know, that was kind of the, the time of miners' strikes and... Uh, three-day oh, yes. weeks and all that kind of thing and a recession yeah, yeah. so um, living that the, the great ideal for young people then was to really go and uh, be self-sufficient to live on a in a kind of commune um, that's right yes yes some people went off to kibbutz in israel yeah that's right yes good my friend and i was very pr proud of my vegetables and tomatoes and uh, wine and olives that's right <laughs> yes and of course, there's a TV show, The Good Life, which uh, oh yeah, which exactly. was based, based on that idea. Yeah, and which is idea. maybe coming back again now. I saw a recent article in the, I think it was the 
Times or Guardian today about the, the suburbs coming back. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people have this idea, well, they find the corporate lifestyle unsatisfying in some way or their yeah. job they find stressful and they yearn for the sort of simpler life for sort of downsizing. I think that's... Well, they probably didn't know it was there until they were forced to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard to, to take the plunge because, you know, it's quite yes. scary. And um, it is hard to... Uh, and now people have refound family life and that uh, yeah. you can share the, the children's duties and all that kind of thing and take little walks in nature and have your own little garden. And... So out of these books, which is the, the best seller, would you say? Uh, well, Bamboo Strong on the on the business side was was the bestseller. Oh, really? Uh, and on the well, the fiction side, then then Alphabet City was uh, in the okay. early 80s. Yeah. As so, his marriage disintegrates in a welter of suspicious and accusation, he discovers a homosexual identity of which he was previously unaware. Tries to escape his past and recreate his identity. Yeah, sounds very sort of gripping uh, plot. <coughs> Could make a good uh, if it's turned into a film or something. Well, yes, there was even some talk about that. Oh, really? <laughs> might try to come back to it because <laughs> it's a coming out story of an English academic who's, you know, has escapes uh, being trapped in a marriage in the UK and, get, and escapes to New York and pitches yes. up with a uh, black painter. Right. Um, and then their daredevil um, kind of. Uh, uh, pursuit across the, the states to Las Vegas and back to New York. Okay. So it's, I should think that's sort of may make a good movie. And, uh, so are you, um, so your main way of communicating your ideas, in the past it's been books, is it still books or do you do more sort of videos or uh, audios? Uh, well, I'm what I'm some of these books have audio, yeah, audio, audio books. versions of the book, yes. yes. But I mean, do you do uh, now? You, you sort of focus, I'm thinking nowadays, you know, in 2020, people yeah. are doing more and more video, which I, I mean, I think is a much better medium because it you can see all the body language, engages the emotions, engages the interest. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've uh, produced uh, online courses now for two of my most recent programs and books okay so for bamboo strong there's an online course and also for hidden demons the the latest book there's an online course oh too. okay oh that's interesting because i i had a look at your uh well i started from your <coughs> linkedin profile and i looked at your contact info and i looked at your three websites and um i was just trying to find out what you were doing so this is uh so this hidden first demons. page, Hidden Demons, so this is about Dot your com. latest book. Yeah, that's right. So this is, uh, 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 so, okay, and this promotes your coaching um, yeah. service, relationship coaching, life and crisis coaching, and career and business coaching. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and it's inviting people to uh, book a call with you. Mm. Now, the, um, the map of San Francisco, that's just incorrect to say. Not just San Francisco. Not not something I could get get rid of. Okay, um, it seemed, seemed to be there in the software, and I thought, well, what the heck? It's, yes, uh, it's a map San Francisco. Well, I'm sure it must be. We've got Jeff, Japan there as well, and the uh, Buddha. So why not okay. San Francisco, right? 
Yes. So this, okay, so this page, I see it's got other pages to do. Oh, courses. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, there, you, don't, yeah. you have to sort of hunt it. Because I looked, I spent uh, some minutes looking around at these things and I wasn't particularly aware of the courses. You see some people put the course right at the beginning so people are aware yeah. of them. But you, for people might stumble across it, I suppose. Uh, like yes, I, sh I should maybe have them more up front now on the website. I would, um, yeah. I mean, do you have like a sort of e email list or something? Is, yes. Yes. But uh, they should, as, as you say, they should be more front and centre. And also on my other website, my global leadership website. Oh, it's there. Um, yeah, that's coming soon. This, so this is uh, this is your coaching page, and then how? Yes. This is this on. Yeah, this is on davidcloudprice.com. Yes. So the online courses, therefore, would be under. Yes, so like this, you've got you've got videos here. Um, yes. In your uh, a more purposeful life lies beyond. Uh, yeah. And how to build resilience in times of crisis. So was that video done as a response to the COVID crisis? Yes, and as part of the programs with the Hidden Demons book, and there's the online courses. Wellbeing course. And, and there's a wellbeing course, VIP. yeah, yeah. Okay. Develop the mindset, habits, and perspective needed to stay centered, focused, healthy, and strong in all environments. Yeah, yeah. it's obviously extremely important um, about self-talk. And uh, yeah, so that's offered at 47 pounds yes which is like a, a series of videos is it uh yes it's videos audio stories um okay. quizzes uh, exercises um worksheets uh and uh, books examples from books and then you offer half day um yeah for a half day this is one to one this is one to one yes okay i offer a half day and a full day yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, and now, because I looked, <laughs> I looked at all these sites, and I thought I was curious about if you have any social media, where your social media channels are, and I didn't really come across them because they're not. I don't think. Well, you mentioned your Twitter in your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. But, um, and uh, but I looked on your website and didn't really see anything. But then I think on one of these pages, I think on your blog, in the top yeah. right hand corner, it's got links to your YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, and Twitter again. And then I go to your YouTube page, and I was amazed to find you've done all these um, all these videos. Some of well, one of which has got one thousand seven hundred views. Right, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a well, yeah, well, I think it's a well kept secret. I mean, yes. I think I think these videos Asian are business all, secrets. Yes, all right. The secret videos about secrets, but no, I would have. <clears throat> I think I think definitely these should be more prominent on your on your website because. Well, these have all grown from the um, from the original gestation of the the coaching. So, because I started off in Asia, um, yes, <laughs> and with uh, two books on Master Key to China, Master Key to Asia, then there are a whole series of how-to videos that went with it um, and also speaking yes. that, go, that went with it. Um, but, it, you know, I've developed um, my program since then to be on one hand more global and now more recently 
to be more to do with resilience in itself. Um, yes. Particularly for this current crisis. So, yes, I mean, uh, it's all there. Um, maybe I could highlight it more. I would definitely highlight it, yeah, because people, well, I was sort of unaware, really. And yes. I, I stumbled across these, these links on the top of your blog page. Uh, I mean, your blog page looks very, um, you know, interesting as well. Lots of mm. uh, great articles. Uh, and then you've got a Facebook page, which does that, which you're quite active on, aren't you? But you are... Uh, you just basically link to let's see what that links to oh it links to your blog post basically so you're posting your articles and yes. uh, probably videos onto your facebook page yeah that's right. a, a yeah. bit of engagement to them as well so a few more of the videos could go back into facebook um uh, yes and maybe yeah. onto linkedin as well um, well, LinkedIn's got a, a ten-minute um, limit, hasn't it? But you could yeah. post the, the YouTube link well, on LinkedIn, and then uh, yeah, most of mine are under ten minutes anyway. Are they? Okay, yes, yes. yeah, because yes. you, you you cut them up obviously yeah. for a longer talk and seven then, five. Uh, yeah, it's three minutes, two minutes. Yeah, which seven is great five size. two. Yeah, bite size yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So do you, have you posted these onto LinkedIn? Uh, I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and there must have been in the, in the, I mean, it's quite a long time ago, but yeah, they must have been. Because you, 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 yeah, you could rotate them sort of every three months, you know, you could put them up again. Yeah, good point, Keith. Yeah. yeah, people would be interested in that, wouldn't they? Intercultural they leadership will. in a globalized world. Yes. Um, mm, good, good thinking. Also, um, you can take... Um, you could repurpose the content, which uh, also is something, you know, service that I'm getting into providing, which is if you, from a video, um, yeah. you can, um, if you go through it, you might find like one sentence, which yeah. summarizes like the light bulb moment. And then you put that on a sort of quote card and then use that as a static image. Because a lot of times people haven't got the time to look at a video, but as they're scrolling through the feed, then they just see the, um, you know, the insight, uh, there on the yes. feed so uh so that's another great thing to do uh, another great tip yeah because <laughs> with that of course it works very well on linkedin facebook and uh, and twitter and instagram but i don't think you're that's not where your demographic target demographic is so you wouldn't bother with instagram um yeah so it reads so a video you'd repurpose as um uh, like a quote card, or you could also, I mean, these are already quite short. If it was a longer video, like a half hour one, you could just take a little snippet, which you've sort of already done, I suppose, to get these. Yes. Um, so you're, you're suggesting take, just taking a kind of a snapshot of, of one, one image from the video and putting a quote on it. Well, right? well, you find a quote, like one sentence. Yes. Like the pearl of wisdom in this video. Yeah. And yeah. then you can just... Uh, you can create a graphic image. You can use the software called Canva, which is great. Yeah, I'm using that. Yes. You're using that. Yeah, yes. it's a really nice quote card for that. Have your your logo, your website, and then the, 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 the quote in the middle. Uh, oh, yeah, easy. I could do that. Yes, yeah, yeah very much so. Mm. Nice. And yeah, and then... Um, Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, so many things then, that we don't see ourselves. You so know, many things you don't see yourselves. And then yeah. also, I mean, I don't know if all of these you've turned into blog articles as well. Yes. You have, basically. Yeah. So we're already yeah. repurposing it in that way. So we've got video yeah. and audio. Yes. And you, but you don't have a podcast, do you, as such? Because that's another. Well, I, you, I do have an Asian Business Network podcast. I haven't, it's, I haven't uh, used it for a long time. It's not linked to here from anywhere, is it? No. So what should I search for to find that? Well, probably Asia Business Network podcast. Try. Yeah, there you yeah, go. So it's number three on uh, podcast and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so it's about uh, just over a year ago was your last. Yeah. Some one second, some of these are one second long. I don't How know how to manage there. that. Maybe it didn't load properly. God. Yeah, I'll delete. Yes, yes I'll delete them. But you've got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've got ninety percent of one. Yes. But you've got oh, some five-star reviews, so they can't all be one second. Isn't that weird? Yeah, something went wrong in the process of loading. It, it. might be. Did you do it to? Did you originally upload to an aggregator and then it re-uploaded here? Maybe. Use another service. Um, mm. Some something might have gone there as well. Yeah. But the last one looks quite good. An agile leader is like a conductor, uh, fifty-four minutes, so seventy episodes. I think the, the sort of the subject matter that you're talking about, I think it works very well on podcast because it's the sort of thing, if I was, I love listening to podcasts because it's the sort of thing I do when I can go for a walk or if I'm, you know, lying in bed, relaxing or trying to sleep or something, I might put a podcast on. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think it'd be great to put your longer talks on, onto podcasts. Right. Yeah. So what would you say is, so you're doing a lot of things. So you've got these, you've got lots of views on your YouTube channel. You're Please. quite active. Sorry, can I ask just one yeah. question? Yeah. Is it easy for me to change the name of it so that it's like, uh, I don't know, International Business Network podcast or something? Yes, I think, well, it depends. Yes, I think it is. Because are you, did you upload this to Apple directly? Or did you, because I use a service called Anchor FM. Oh. Do you know about Anchor FM? No, not so much. Okay, well, if you, um, I know because I changed the the name of my podcast. Ah, okay, it's, so it's easy. So if you go to this, um, where the, this this uh, interview will actually be, I'll upload it to here, uh, yeah. probably tomorrow or something, anchor.fm, and then uh, you can easily. Uh, this is called the Startive Show with Keith Briggs. It used to be called the Keith Briggs Show. You can right. just go in there and then you can just edit the podcast name and then this uh, syndicates to many different services including um, Apple, Stitcher and uh, uh, Spotify oh, and all the other and it, podcast things and, and this called, is this is the free one this is the free one there are other paid services which are better as well which I'll probably migrate to at some point right um, anchor.fm yeah, yeah. podcast a dashboard. Well, just Anchor.fm and then it will redirect. Once ah. you create an account, it redirects to that. Yeah, it's completely free. It's just very easy to use. But that's amazing, yeah. yeah. So I could change the name of it and... Uh... Yes, well, yeah, the problem is you'd have to try and... 
I don't know how these got here, but you might have to somehow import this into anchor.fm. Hmm. Uh, but if you've got all the audio, you can always just delete this and just start again if that's the yes. easiest way of doing it. Yeah, looks like. Okay, so you've got many different um, tentacles in different places, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, you've got podcasts, you've got all these books, and uh, Facebook as well. So what would you say is your, your biggest and best source for new uh, clients? Let's say uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, I'm finding that as well for my clients as well. It's, um, it took me a while to appreciate LinkedIn because at first mm. it just seemed to a lot of people trying to sell me stuff all the time. But uh, actually I found it a, a really great place to, to meet people. And of course we actually met on LinkedIn as well. That's right. So how do you, um, so, so how do you, meet potential clients on, on LinkedIn? What, what's your process for uh, well, yourself or connecting with people? Yeah, um, I connect with them. Um, I have a target audience. Um, Who is recently, your target dem demographic? Well, more recently, the target demographic, as if you can see the rainbow down there at the bottom, rainbow flag, I've... Uh, it's also Gay Pride Month, so I've um, been targeting LGBTQ professionals. How can um, you, you just search for that phrase as a keyword? Uh, just uh, LGBT or yeah. LGBTQ, and it comes up. Comes yes. up with about, uh, if you narrow it down to a country, then it's, you know, UK and US is like, uh, I don't know, like uh, a thousand or so, or 1500 or, or whatever. Yeah. So these are your tier two um, connections who are who yes. have that who, yes. who would have that um, acronym in their profile. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've you know, I've had broader demographics, and I've uh, been using pharmaceutical and biotech companies, for example, as another one. Um, okay. So that was a a large network, very large network, um, but difficult to talk to. Uh, whereas uh, this is a target audience which happens to coincide also their priorities and concerns very much coincide with the latest book. So, Oh, okay, yes, so this is what you're so hearing. I was going trying. to say, it, I was trying to think of the connection between that and doing business in Asia yeah. and so on, but it's not. Well, that's, yeah, but that's why their business in Asia and China yes. are rather slightly left behind because, yes. uh, you know, I've moved on. Um, although I, you're quite right, I should be using some of that expertise and getting it back out there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so my, my thinking and my uh, whole passion has moved towards uh, not, you know, not the first five steps of doing business in, in the Philippines and Thailand, but uh, into um, intercultural leadership and into um, uh, mental resilience um, and uh, mental health challenges. Yes. So that's my current uh, passion um, for Is helping. It, because you're quite open in your profile, aren't you, on LinkedIn about your um, various struggles you've had yeah. over the years. Yes. So do you want to just talk, talk me, me through that? 
Um, well, yeah. Well, I, as I've spoken, as I've explained earlier, I started off as a, as a writer and an academic at the age of 21, yes. um, but with a tendency to drink too much alcohol. Um, even at that age, I kind of, although I was very specialised, I mean, I, I sang in the college choir and um, I did my PhD, so obviously I was very functioning, but yes. uh, obviously I had a tendency towards that, perhaps from my earlier, you know, uh, relations with my uh, Welsh cousins and going out with the rugby boys when I was 14 and being fed cider and things like that, whatever it was. Well, I think a lot of, I mean, the drinking culture is so yes. prevalent in, yes. in, in student circles. I used to be an extremely heavy drinker when I was a student. There you go. Well, everybody yeah. was in yeah. Cambridge, really. Yeah. So I didn't stick out as anything weird or no. abnormal. Um, but I did have some underlying uh, cause for unease, I guess, because of being gay. So um, some difficulties. Which probably at that out. time, I mean, nowadays people yeah. might say, you know, being gay, what's the big deal? What's the big you know? deal? Yes. But back in those days, it was very different, wasn't it? Yeah, even now it can be tough for many. But yeah. then it was definitely, you know, it was a closed club, really. In 1969, 1967, I went up to college. So 67 was the same year that it became yeah, decriminalised, wasn't it? So-called decriminalised, yeah, it yeah. wasn't really. So no. half decriminalised. Yeah. So it was still a little closet club, even at college. Uh, you just met in some Don's rooms and uh, drank too much wine, basically. That was it. Yeah. Um, and it was very difficult to come to terms with. So first yeah. of all, you had to go through the process of coming out to your parents and then, yes. you know, were they going to be enormously disappointed because you, you're doing a PhD and you're going to have good position in society and they are too going to feel good and look good. And then you come out with that, right? So it worked. I mean, yeah. they came to accept it. But I had to go, I mean, I, 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 I didn't find a, a partner and in, in the UK. I, I somehow... Only when I met someone from Switzerland did I, you know, I went over to Switzerland really to yes. my gay life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and that was so-called respectable, you know, is good person of good background and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that worked from that point of view. But still, me always tippling. Um, yes. And, and sometimes more than tippling. So yeah. No, there were achievements and there were books. Um, but there, this was a kind of recurrent uh, depression or whatever it was or anxiety. That, oh, okay. So you, okay. So you'd um, sort of come out as gay. Yeah. Uh, you were in a relationship with someone in Switzerland. Yeah. You're still, um, you were consuming alcohol on a regular basis. Yeah. And then you, and then you, you this depression, did that sort of slowly sort of start? or was Yes, that, that, that started to kind of become more apparent. Um, yeah. Even I was in, in many ways I was happy in, in in Italy by then we bought a farm. I'd done my research fellowship at Bologna. I, we bought a farm at very yeah. cheaply, and I was working the land, etc. But still drinking my own vino, which right. was quite quite light. But you start early yes. in the morning, right? So yeah, um, it creeps up on you. Anyway. Yeah. So and I felt quite isolated because my other half was mainly in Switzerland, running a film festival and. Yes. I was there kind of uh, being a half writer, half farmer, etc. Yeah. So anyway, we eventually split up. The, the idyll came to an end and um, my 
my partner suggested I try try Asia since I was so interested in other cultures. Right. That's that's when I went over to to Japan. Okay. And then I became even more isolated. Um, well, of course, because of as we were talking about yes, the language barrier, right. the cultural barriers. So. Yeah. So I ended up flat on my back, kind of every morning, waking up, no, knowing, not knowing what I was doing on the on the kitchen floor. Um, right. And you know. I fortunately had one or two friends there of my previous partner who helped me go but, to but, AA. But, 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 that was from drinking more and more heavily. Yes. Yes. And like every night going out. So, yeah. and, and not even with the expatriates, sometimes with the Japanese who I couldn't communicate with, except that we drank a lot of sake. So, and, and yes, because I think um, the Japanese <laughs> culture, I think, um, especially for the men, it's they're not yeah. very good at expressing emotions and so on. That's right. A lot yes, of them are heavy drinkers. As well. Until 11 o'clock at night and then yeah, they fall yeah. down in their best clothes on the uh, underground right, yeah. in Tokyo. So, uh, yeah, and then, I mean, my my first partner was extremely good. He, he advised me to then try Hong Kong. Uh, and then I told, you know, I told you the story of um, meeting... Uh, Met someone at the airport. Yes, at the airport, yes. who's, who's been my partner now for 34 years, so I've been yes. incredibly lucky. And, of course, that sobered me up. Um, finally, he told me, any more sake drinking in the morning and we're not going to be together. So right. I, I went to Korea, I went to a, a temple to to pray, and I went and I spent three or four nights in one of those, you know, Korean-Japanese-type inns where you sleep on the floor. Um, okay doing cold turkey and i think i've heard about uh i think i've heard about these places um yeah. uh, asian buddhist monasteries where it was yes. like i've got a, a detox program uh, for alcoholics and, yeah yeah well it, it wasn't specifically for that i just no. knew that i love this place so this buddha on the hill above uh, yes ancient korean capital called Kyongju. okay uh, and i just went up there and uh it's just told myself this is it you can do it or you've had it mm. so went back and then I got my partner to come over I was sober and then we started our life together so um yeah it's a bit of a journey 15 years then I was I was sober I was in, in this big bang so would, would you would you recommend if someone is does have alcohol problems would you recommend that sort of extreme approach you've gone yeah. cold turkey to a place like that cold turkey i would definitely yeah. say if you can yeah. make it and it's a matter of minutes if you can make it the next five minutes you, oh. you can make it the next 10 yeah yeah you can make it one hour yeah maybe you throw up once you can make it on and on and make sure yeah. all that stuff goes down the sink yes and then you're trembling for two days but uh, you're on the way back right um, but it's a slow process step by step um, which is like, you know, coming back from depression and anxiety, as I, as I show in the life strategies in my book, um, that's also a process of step by step, one yes. day at a time, um, living in the present, yes. listening to your inner voices, finding out which ones are the hidden demons. Um, right. It takes time. Yes. Yeah, so when you say listen to your hidden voices, I was my, <laughs> my first response is, well, some of your hidden voices, yes, are demons. They're ones you shouldn't listen to. But what it's saying is you should become aware of them. 
and then I'm aware you're of aware them. of them, you can choose. You're a choice, and then you exactly. can want to listen to some. Yeah. So it means facing up to reality, or... which means just becoming more conscious, basically, doesn't it? Becoming aware yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And learning new habits because drinking or any other kind of addiction is a habit. Yeah. And in a sense, so is fear, so is anxiety. Yes. Uh, stress, etc. They're habits, and. They can be unlearned by the brain, does something yes. strange because it starts to learn one step at a time, two steps at a time, and suddenly you're in a new habit. And did so, you find did you find by uh, giving up alcohol that uh, also reduced your depression? hundred percent. Well, 100%, I wouldn't say hundred percent. Not hundred percent because it, I did have relapse, but um, certainly seventy-five, eighty percent, shall we say, definitely. So the relapses were, were in depression or alcohol? Uh, more uh, to do with uh, the depression or, yes. or the anxiety, shall we say. Anxiety, yeah. Yes. Um, and, and, and then starting to tipple. I mean, you, tippling is very insidious. You, you know, you can have a glass of water and a little champagne in a glass yes. and drink them both together and think, ah, oh, that's fine, I'm all right. Um, yeah, yeah. I can do that, and of course, that's just the beginning. Of, it is uh, the beginning. I mean, I yeah. um, I I, uh, I hardly ever drink nowadays, but I do mm. find sometimes if I just have one sip of wine, then yes. I have this really strong urge to drink the whole glass, yes. and then I want yes. to drink the whole bottle. Yeah. So I find I don't even sip wine now because it's just better off. Um, yeah. Well, it's the same, unfortunately, with opioids and antidepressants. Yeah, and oh, it's a massive problem, isn't it? Massive problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and in the UK too. Um, well, with the antidepressants, yes. yes. But we don't have an opioid crisis. Crisis on, the, on the scale of yeah. states now. Yeah. So still, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dependency. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And unfortunately, with the current crisis, um, that dependency is likely to grow. And yes, and a lot of people are Apparently, the figures, statistics are showing, yeah. That yeah. So, uh, but the, the, the story of the book really is that I search my way to, to self-acceptance and overcoming isolation, overcoming alcoholism, and, um, yeah, and my fear of coming out as a gay man and, yes. and finding my true love. So, yeah. yes, it's the story of my life, but it's the story of, of everybody's life coming out well, of, of course, adversity. Yes. We've yeah. all got some kind of demon like that, haven't we? So. Yes. Yeah. So it's how you can become your true self. And it's, I think it's quite hard without the support of others. I mean, I think you were very lucky yeah. to have this partner who uh, yes. gave you this yes. ultimatum uh, and that gave you the strength to sort of go through it. Because you realised oh. it was clear that this was the path towards health and happiness. Yes. Well, because many people with um, different versions of mental health challenges, they, they often feel secrecy or shame yeah. or embarrassment they didn't think it will affect the position at work or even in the family so they hide it um but the you know that's that's not the way to go you've got to find a support network you must yes. find people you can share with yes which could and be a group or it could be one person exactly or, it could be, or there could be someone like you for example because this i suppose is something you do in your coaching practice yes yeah yes absolutely mm. So there is a way back, uh, but you need the support of other people and you need to be vulnerable and they 
may well have been in the same position themselves, but certainly willing to share. Yes. Whether it is family, friends, work colleagues, whoever. Support network is really important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's interesting because you've got two to very different sides of your business. Well, yes. One is doing business in Asia, and then which all your books are about, and then this is like a whole different tangent, I suppose. You're you're going off on, on this, so this is. Uh, but this one is related in the sense that um, for the diversity that I talk about in the bamboo strong and plural age of pluralism. Yes. Diversity and agility, uh, exploring, curiosity, different perspectives. They are all related to what we do with our inner life um, and where we, where we find strength in resilience, for example, or where we build our resilience. Uh, they're the same kind of capabilities that we need to succeed across borders and cultures. Um, because it's to, do, it's, it's to do with sort of up leveling your consciousness so just more aware yes or it could be that they're so more aware both of the hidden demon the demon the different voices within yourself some of which are demons and some of which is like more healing voices and in the same way become more conscious when you're working with other cultures of how they're different to how you are rather than yes. sort of yeah. carrying on the same unconscious way that we normally carry on yes and so upgrade your yeah. your awareness um, and your getting on other people's wavelength and your own wavelengths and tuning them, right? So, so is, there, is there like a sort of particular technique that you use to do that? Um, Something you just do? Well, uh, I, there, <laughs> there are different <laughs> tips. There are kind of daily tips, sort of kinds daily of things tips. that you can do, like, the, for example... Um, a little habit of meditation or a little habit of uh, a little prayer of gratitude yes. once or twice a day however yeah. you do it you don't have to pray to anyone in particular but just yeah yeah put bow the head and and mm. thankfulness gratitude is really gratitude yeah um for the support network um or for you know tuning yourself to to life um i think uh, joining a group of some sort a choir for example, um, yeah. or some activity that takes you out, but you're communal. Um, nature is incredibly healing. Um, yes. The Japanese, as you, I don't know if you know, but they have a, they have a practice called uh, uh, forest bathing. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Yes, <laughs> Shinryoku, Shinryoku. Okay. And I just love this idea and the Japanese are always going on about nature and the spirits of nature and walking. Yeah, in nature. Yeah. And they're right, because that's exactly what we found out during this, um, this crisis is that uh, nature has been one healing thing that we can do. Oh, it's, definitely. It's, I love, I, I live in the countryside near lakes and uh, yeah. Rivoli and I really yeah. love uh, being in nature. Yeah, it's really nature, nature breathes mm. and we can breathe with it. Right. Mm. Um, just walk amongst the trees that was uh, is already a help so there are, there are various tips there are many kinds of tips but as a as a long-term strategy or a process then i think you know you have to analyze the story so that you tell yourself um, about your past for example maybe find the unconscious stories that are there like for me it was perhaps my my uh, not uh, 
living up to my parents' expectations, something like that. Um, yes. That I discovered that story only later. Yes. Um, asking for help, like with the support system. Yes. Uh, changing your plans, revising your plans. Yeah. Taking one day at a time, living in the present. We're yes. so busy projecting everything onto the future. Yes. Or perhaps living in the past, but not taking the day as it's as it is. It's now. You can't change the past and you can't predict the future, right? Sure. So living in the present is really important. Building a support team, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, listening and observing and being curious about yes. yourself and about other people. Uh, while we're so busy having recourse to social media to give opinions that we're not listening, observing or being curious, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, we're not holding more than one viewpoint at the same time. Perspective is really difficult to get. Um, so, um, so you produce a lot of books, you've got these courses, you do one-to-one -one work. Do you do group work at all? Do you have any group coaching sessions or anything like that? Yes, the group coaching is just coming online now. So I'm just about to, to launch that program. And um, that would be on your website? If you that will be on the website, yeah. Which is, um, that davidcliveprice.com yes yeah. and also on hiddendemons.com on the coaching page places, yes yeah. yeah so group coaching yes um so creating and finally the creating an action plan to to re-energize your life is really important yeah as you get you know to to readjust um put uh, a real action plan into which is different for each place. person so it's important yes. that you create yeah. it yourself so you take exactly so that's what yeah. we do in the one-to-one -one section is create this action plan yeah yes and then also with future coaching sessions that gives some accountability as well yes so that's right really yeah. Them, yeah 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 hmm. yes that's very interesting so in the future do you think you'll be doing more of this sort of coaching or more like the hidden demon type coaching or will you be more pursuing your sort of business uh asian business ideas or no i'll be made more on the global well the global leadership and life coaching are related as i, yes, as I say they're related so yeah, but there's, there's different i won't be doing i won't be yeah i won't be doing so much business etiquette for for china no. or for for, the, for Thailand. You're moving more into this sort of That's, feeling like depression. That was really a good experience, uh, but I've built on that since. So, yeah, I'm doing more in the, in is the that, life coaching. Is, is that, so what is the reason you're moved into that direction? Do you find it more satisfying or do you find it's a bigger market? Uh, well, 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 definitely uh, more satisfying. Yes. Um, because uh, you're not just giving etiquette tips. Um, I found that when I was uh, coaching business entry to different markets in Asia, for example, I tended to end up with people asking me tips. You yes. know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you give a gift, etc.? cetera? Mm. Um, which is okay, um, yeah. because then you could explain the, the mindset behind it and the beliefs. Yes. The beliefs are always interesting behind it etc the different ways of um, negotiating or thinking about time or uh saving face or whatever it is um but they they don't really take you very far inside so the global leadership 
did more with Bamboo Strong and I think the Hidden Demons uh, with my flagship program called Ascend the Mountain um, it w is taking is taking me yeah is, is more my passion right now yeah well that sounds great and I noticed the cover of your Hidden Demons book has got someone uh, ascending ascended the mountain. Yeah, yeah good because <laughs> you're good to spot that because yes. say what's that person doing <laughs> in a blinding light well, it's a striking image, isn't it? So I'll yeah, just the screen again, so in case so people can see that. Uh, there you go. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a very striking image, yeah. And I suppose it's, uh, yeah, when you climb a mountain, it's so much effort, isn't it? Then when you finally get there, you feel all this relief because you finally yeah. achieved everything and no more struggle. And uh, that's the same feeling, I suppose, when you, you know, you've gone through this process and you've uh, got rid of your addiction and depression and uh, yeah. other things, yeah. And exhilaration and yeah. being, being the real you, ready to live a abundant life and business. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to the end of the, the hour, David. So it's been, uh, it's been lovely talking to you and it's been very... Um, I've learned a lot about different no, ideas to. to cope with my own sort of inner demons or destructive tendencies, which you know, I suppose we all have to some extent. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, do you have any final words or anything before we go? Or Well, uh, leadership is to do with actions. Yes. Not words. Right. And signals, not demands. So as we move forward, it's what you do is so important. Yes, because we just think it's about consuming more knowledge, don't we? we yes. That's the answer. And then we, we yes. never change. So we've yes. got to make an effort. That's why we need this action plan, we need accountability and all those other things you mentioned. And that yeah. is the way yeah. Uh, forward yeah, to change things. And I've greatly enjoyed talking to you with a Japanese screen in the background. Yes, so I thought you might like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, nice speaking to you, David. And you, Keith. Yes. Thank you for having me, huh? Thank you for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Bye now. It's been true. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I found it very interesting uh, talking to David uh, because of the wealth of his business experience in Asia and his, uh, his desire to c communicate all the learnings he had about uh, working with different cultures and so on and to help people sort of see things um, differently through other eyes and so on and also an extension of that is uh, his own sort of personal story uh, about his struggle with his own inner demons and how he's also helping people to um, go th you know go through their own journey with their own demons by just sort of raising their consciousness really and uh, just seeing things more objectively as they really are rather than being sort of trapped in their smaller mindsets anyway so uh that's all for now hope to see you on the next show bye <laughs>